Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Generation with your host, Jani Nguyen. Thank you, everyone, who listened to my first full episode. Please let me know what you think about the rain stick sound and the singing bowl at the end. I hope the volume was okay. If you could comment on a post on my Instagram or Facebook page with some feedback, I'd really appreciate it. Today's episode will be covering about my life experiences as a college student at the University of California, Santa Barbara. Go Gauchos! I will be sharing how I survived being in a toxic relationship, how I overcame a huge health battle, and the hardship of losing someone very important in my life. I also would like to split up my college experiences into two episodes since I didn't realize how much occurred throughout the five years I spent at UCSB. Therefore, I will disclaim that today's episode will be a little emotional. The events that took place while I was in college affected my life tremendously. And the person that I am today has a lot to do with how I've learned to take care of myself mentally and physically throughout this period of my life. It is also why I always strive to promote love, compassion, and wellness to the world all around. I hope you're ready for episode two. It's going to be a bit of a bumpy roller coaster ride. Let's begin with freshman year. To start off, I came in as a pre-bio major with the intent to be an anesthesiologist. Throughout high school, I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. Maybe that stemmed from being in a traditional Vietnamese household where it was embedded in us that people in the health profession make the most money. Regardless, I was excited and content with my goal as I began freshman year at UCSB. However, as my classes began, it was extremely difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. My very first class was calculus, which happened to be in the biggest lecture hall with over 800 students scrambling around trying to find a seat. And for those who are familiar with UCSB, it was Campbell Hall. I was overwhelmed with the intensity of how many people were just in one lecture hall and didn't realize that my chemistry class and lab were just as intense. I thought I was prepared for the rigorousness of the courses since I graduated with high, graduated high school I'm sorry, with flying colors and good grades, but I was wrong. I was super stressed out because I hate math, but I love science. Also, as I began my college life, I was in a very toxic relationship and lived with my ex and a little dog in an apartment outside of campus instead of dorming like most freshmen do. This was obviously a huge mistake. I quickly learned that my ex was extremely controlling and didn't even want me to have a real college experience. This held me back from being social with classmates, attending campus events, and even joining clubs that I wanted to participate in. I wasn't even allowed to study with a male classmate unless there was a female classmate in the study group as well. I know what you're thinking. What the hell? Why would I let someone control me like that? Well, in all honesty, I didn't know it, nor could I see it at the time, that this person had major insecurity issues and felt like he needed to control my life to make him secure. So as my first year ended, I realized that my ex wasn't someone that cared about my life experiences as a college student at all, which leads us into year two, sophomore year.
I was unsure how I could handle studying as a pre-bio major since I had to take on three more science classes and their lab for the entire year, which were OCHEM, biology, and physics. As my sophomore year progressed, my relationship got worse with verbal and emotional abuse. I was naive, submissive, and I wasn't proud of the person that I was becoming. My grades suffered since I couldn't separate myself from the drama with my ex and all the stress from school. I was still living with a guy and my health was taking a toll. Throughout my freshman and sophomore year, I was experiencing waves of pelvic pain and I didn't understand why, so I decided to go to student health. After a year of running numerous tests, collecting samples, me taking meds, I was sent to a specialist since everything else was ruled out gynecologically. So within 15 minutes of explaining my symptoms, I was diagnosed with a condition called interstitial cystitis. I teared up. I was relieved that someone finally understood what I was going through, but that relief didn't last very long after hearing about the protocol for this medical condition. So to explain, interstitial cystitis is a chronic condition causing recurring pelvic pain, pressure, or discomfort in the bladder or pelvic region, often associated with urinary frequency needing to go often and urgency feeling a strong need to go. It's still unknown what causes a person to have this condition, which means there's no cure for it yet. There are only ways to help alleviate pain, and I have to follow a very strict diet. This means no caffeine, alcohol, citrus, dairy, spicy food, food or drinks that had artificial sweeteners, or MSG. Can you imagine hearing all of this after being diagnosed? Oh, it didn't stop there. I had to schedule time for my treatments, which at the time were three times a week for six weeks while I was a full-time college student struggling to keep my grades up. And it's not like these treatments were cheap. They were super expensive, and I could barely afford them with the financial aid and scholarship money for tuition. I was so overwhelmed and stressed out that I was ashamed of telling my family and friends I needed a break. But as a result of that, I was depressed, scared to eat or drink anything, and lost 20 pounds in one month. I know, 20 pounds, how? Well, prior to being diagnosed, I actually always had a big appetite and I usually ate more than my family and friends. But a month after being diagnosed with interstitial cystitis, I looked pale, had no appetite, and my hair was falling out from the medication I was on. Honestly, I didn't register how much I wasn't eating because of the fear of experiencing pelvic pain. I then noticed that I couldn't fit into my clothes. They were loose and baggy. And I fear for my health and life because I physically looked like I was fading away. At this point, I was struggling mentally, physically, and financially. So I took a quarter off of school. I knew I had to find the strength to take charge of my mind and body, so I did some research. I began drinking protein shakes weight gainer, and found an online support group for people with my condition. I even discovered that smoking marijuana helped with my appetite, 
So I asked my specialist for his professional opinion, and he actually referred me to an office where I was able to get my medical card. So after two months, I gained my weight back and returned to school the following quarter. With the amount of health bills I encountered, I needed to find a job to support the treatment and lifestyle that I had to take on. Therefore, I stumbled upon a babysitting gig on Craigslist for a local family and decided to give it a shot. As I mentioned before, being a part of a huge family means you have a lot of experiences, and one of those experiences was that I was an aunt at a very young age. I used this as my tool belt for taking care of these amazing, fun-loving family and continued working for them until I graduated from UCSB. Miss and love you guys so much. Being a part of this family and growing with them was essential to my well-being and healing process. Taking care of this five-month-old baby and later on his little brother taught me the responsibility that comes with raising a child, which led me to the epiphany that I had to start taking much better care of myself. As my third year was coming to an end, I was definitely feeling overwhelmed with how much time and money I spent taking care of my health while juggling school and work. I smoked a lot more due to stress of school and my health. I ran low on funds and unfortunately, my toxic relationship got physically abusive. I couldn't take it anymore and I was scared for my well-being. I became very conscious of how I was being mistreated and recognized that I did not want to keep living my life as someone who felt like she couldn't take care of herself or had a voice. So I called my elder sister, Samantha Jijang, for support. All my life, Sam pushed me to be the best daughter, sister, and student that I could be to make my family proud. She was also the one that told me the journey of how my family emigrated to the U.S., so it was instilled in me since I was very young that the best thing that I can give to my parents was my education and to have a successful career and lifestyle. Sam knew that I needed financial support, but she also knew that I was struggling to be strong. This was due to the fact that my family decided to give me an intervention about my use of smoking weed. I could not believe that they put me through this with the immense stress I was already having to deal with. I was so angry and annoyed with my family that they had the nerve to do this to me. But from their perspective, I kept asking my family for financial support to help pay for my essentials as a result of overspending on medical marijuana. So when I called Sam, I knew that she knew that I was going to ask her for money to help pay for rent and my medical bills. But what I didn't know was that Sam had a whole plan laid out for me. At the time... Samantha went through a bit of a journey herself. She completed a series of self-development classes that helped her overcome her struggles, and she expressed how she wanted me to have the same experience and growth. Remember, I am a third-year college student, and midterms were coming up. This was a five-day class in Costa Mesa, California. How was I going to be able to do this while prepping for midterms? I told her there was no way I could, but she didn't budge. If I needed money to get by for my expenses, I had to take this class. 
So feeling like I had no other choice, I took a leap of faith and I skipped class at UCSB for this course. Sam's best friend, Chia, took me to this class and picked me up every day when it was over. This was by far the most intense, uncomfortable, yet metamorphic class I've ever taken. It was a 12-hour class for five days in a row. I was in this course with about 40 other people, complete strangers, ranging in age from 18 to 80 years old, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but this experience literally transformed my life. Although I cannot speak about the contents of this course, due to the privacy of the company and the people that took the course, I will say that completing this course gave me the strength that my life required. I learned a tremendous amount about myself, how and why I get angry at things, why I feel like I couldn't trust people, and most importantly, I learned to love and respect myself, something that I was never aware of or conscious of before. So after completing this course, Sam, Chia, and I became extremely close because we all had this life-changing experience and had a mutual understanding and language that we would go by when we'd see each other. So when I returned to my apartment back in Santa Barbara, I felt like I was completely myself again. I was reminded of who I was before my relationship, and I found the courage to break up with my ex. It was not pretty, and the guy literally ripped my dog out of my arms. This was the last time I saw them. Even though I was ready to end the relationship, I was so hurt from losing my dog. But fortunately, my family and friends were so happy and relieved that this nightmare was finally over. He was unreliable, unfaithful, and just respected me on so many levels. You know, obviously when you're in a toxic relationship, you can't see what your loved ones see for you. You won't agree, and every response becomes a defense mechanism, and it takes you wanting to break free from that abuse because maybe you were blinded by what you thought was love or security. Coming out of this relationship lifted a huge weight off my shoulders, and I'm so thankful that my sister knew what I needed and took the measures to help me in this period of my life. So year four was the actual beginning of my college experience. When my relationship ended, my cousin, Sal, took me in and we spent our fourth year living together. This was also the same year my other little cousin, V, joined us at UCSB. I cannot begin to explain how much this meant to me, how thankful and grateful I was for being lucky enough to share my college experience with my family. Without a doubt, they are one of the reasons why and how I was able to push through this difficult time of learning to be independent and confident again. You know, when you go through something like this, it's very important to have a strong support system. Living together, sharing rooms, cooking together, sharing funny stories, going to school events. All of this was necessary for me to heal and for me to finally enjoy my life in college. As I've mentioned before in episode one of my podcast, cooking has always been a family experience. So my cousins and I took advantage of our time in college and cooked so much together. We all had our own thing. Sal made various dishes from 
spring rolls to hot pot, while V loved making sauces and noodle soups. And I always made all the comfort foods we had growing up. I loved our family bonding time, and I will cherish our college memories forever, Sal and V. Love you too so much. I also rekindled my friendships and began being more social with my friends and classmates. One of my closest girlfriends, Erica, had also been going through the same issues as I was, so it was really nice to have someone that could relate to the feelings that I was having from all that aftermath. And let me tell you, we had too much fun together. Turning 21 and hitting up downtown Santa Barbara was our jam. <laughs> I'm so grateful for these memories that will last forever. Love you, girl. One of the best things that I did was that I joined a Tahitian dance club called Airana Te Otea. It's a dance group formed for anyone who is interested in learning hula, Tahitian dance, and Polynesian culture. This group was family-oriented, where they had ohanas grouped together, having bigs, littles, and siblings, and I absolutely loved this aspect of ITO. This was mainly due to the fact that I already have seven sisters and had zero interest in joining a sorority when I literally already have sisters for life. Dancing with them brought my confidence back in full throttle. The drum beats, coconut bras, and grass skirts gave me life. I was so happy and excited to learn how to make my booties and hips shape so they don't lie. <laughs> but being a part of this group brought so much love and created everlasting friendships. Shout out to my Ohana where I've met my big Janice and my little Steph. I'm so happy to say that we're all still supportive in each other's lives. And I sort of lost touch with my sibs, but still hold on to the memories from our Ohana. I finally had so much joy during my fourth year in college that I decided to take my time and take on another year at UCSB. Alrighty, this sums up the first portion of my college experience. I overcame a toxic relationship and learned how to love myself wholeheartedly. It took me a while for me to feel 100% secure about myself and my life choices. I became fueled with how much confidence and empowerment I have gained from these experiences as well. So just a little reminder, remember you learn by making mistakes. Just don't let those mistakes define your future. Channel and hone in on what brings you happiness, love, and light. And don't let anyone bring you down, no matter how hard they try. My first four years of college was Quite a journey, but the events leading up to year five impact, impacted my life forever. So stay tuned for part two of my college life at UCSB. To close out this episode, I'd like to share a passage from a self-meditation book that was gifted to me a few years ago from an old coworker. This book is called Self-Meditation by Barbara Ann Kipfer. Here's the passage. In the Sanskrit word mantra, the word man means to think, and the suffix tra means tool. Mantra literally means tool for thinking. The repetition of sacred phrases has been used since ancient times to aid in meditation, to purify and focus the mind, offer devotion and thanks, and protect and nurture spiritual activity. Whichever seeds you water will blossom and grow into seeds. If you repeatedly act out of anger, you are watering seeds of anger. 
If you meet your anger with kindness, then the anger seeds cannot grow, but a loving plant will come in its place. Wow, such amazing words of wisdom. I love it. Alrighty, again, you're listening to Generation with your host, Jannie Wynn. If you like what you heard so far, please make sure to visit my website at generation.buzzsprout.com where you can follow and subscribe to my podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram or Facebook under generation.pod or facebook.com slash By the way, episode one singing bowl was created with the root chakra. So today's episode, I will be using the sacral chakra singing bowl. Thank you again so much for listening in. Stay tuned for episode three, and I'll talk to you all soon. Hugs and kisses.